that which is good and true. Therefore, from the lesson this day, Father, I do pray that you allow your flock to be freely. Not that they might be impressed with me, but that, but that they may be blessed by thee. Only pray that you utilize me to illuminate the darkness with your words, light that it displaces and is frightening and strengthen their hands that they might fight to enter into thy kingdom. Therefore, for me to stay, Father, I do pray that you allow your light to shine extra bright again, not that they might see me, but that they may find you. The one in whom all glory and honor is due, Yahuwah, my other king, I pray that you accept for me this day my offering. Yahuwah's name. Amen. Amen. Hallelujah. Alright. As you can see, we're going to be speaking about the um, spiritual the spiritual war that's going on. How many of you know that there's a spiritual war going on? Hallelujah. Alright. You know, this is kind of a continuation from the Day of Atonement in all actuality. You know, we kind of started on this thing and you know, and yeah, brought me back to it. So, this war is betwixt light and darkness. You know, and, and this is something that, you know, is, has been going on since the beginning of creation. And, you know, um, from at least what we know of creation, it's been going on ever since the beginning. When we read in Genesis 1, it says, in the beginning Elohim created the heaven and heavens and the earth, and the earth was without form and void, and darkness was upon the face of the deep. And the rock of Elohim moved upon the face of the waters, and Elohim said, let there be light. And there was light. And Elohim saw the light, that it was good, and Elohim divided the light from the darkness, and Elohim called the light day, and the darkness he called night. And the evening and morning was the first day, and this is when the war began. This is when the war began. The war has been between light versus darkness ever since. And if we jump down a little further, in verses 16 through 18, it says, And Elohim made two great lights. The greater light to rule the day, the lesser light to rule the night. He made the stars also, and Elohim set them in the firmament of the heaven to give light upon the earth and to rule over the day and over the night and to divide the light from the darkness and Elohim saw that it was and so here it is you have two rulers during the day one is a ruler of, of the day which is to say a ruler of the light because light is called day and the other is the ruler of darkness or the ruler of night. So you have essentially two rulers that's in our firmament. And either you're going to serve one or the other. Make no mistake about it, where the rubber meets the road, you're going or you are serving one or the other. Now Yahshua came to give you a choice as to which one you might serve. So, now that you have a choice, choose wisely, say life. So, this war of light and darkness can be seen throughout Yah's creation. Throughout His creation. You know, you can just simply watch the cycle of a day and how it becomes light. 
you know, if, if, if the light, first light comes and it begins to take over the darkness, it begins to conquer the darkness, you know, but then there comes a time when the darkness begins to fight back and it begins to rule over the light and it begins to snuff out the light. And it goes over and over, back and forth, back and forth. Because this is a war, a spiritual war that's at hand. Now, this war can not only be seen just by observing a day, but it can be seen by observing a year, it can be seen by observing a month. You know, simply by looking at the moon. And you see the same war going on. Starts up just like Yah's creation. Full of darkness. But then the first light comes. And the light grows and grows and grows until it conquers the darkness. But then the darkness begins to fight back. And it grows and grows and grows until it snuffs out the light. And then the battle continues. The war continues. So, you know, I pray that I'm doing a good job of showing you that there is a war of light versus darkness that's been taking place since the beginning of creation. You know, but even though it's a long war, it will have an end. There's light and then there's darkness. And like I said, you're serving one of the two. Yahshua came that you might have a choice. He came to set the captives free. They were, they were captive to the darkness. Darkness, spiritually speaking, speaks to ignorance. Simply a lack of knowledge. Ignorance is just a word that means a lack of knowledge. Amen? You know, so light on the other hand represents wisdom understanding and knowledge so you have a war going on between wisdom understanding and knowledge versus ignorance represented by the darkness amen now there's two types of light there's a physical light and there's a spiritual light just like there's a physical darkness and there's a spiritual darkness. You know, the spiritual darkness speaks to ignorance, but it's very much like the physical darkness. It blinds you. It keeps you from seeing. That is, it keeps you from understanding. It keeps you from acquiring wisdom. It keeps you from acquiring knowledge. And there's a second type of light. You know, there's a physical light and there's a spiritual light. Well, our physical light is obvious. But our spiritual light, you know, we see in Psalms 119, <clears throat> 103 through 105. Can I um, first me to read the series of uh, um, verses, Psalms 119, 103 to 105, then down to 130, Proverbs 623, Isaiah 820, and Isaiah 16, verses 19 and 23. How sweet are thy words unto, unto my taste, yea, sweeter than honey to my mouth. Through the precepts I get understanding, therefore I hate every false way. 
Thy word is a lamp unto my feet and a light unto my path. The entrance of thy words giveth light, it giveth understanding unto the, unto the simple. For the commandments is a lamp, and the law is, a, is light, and reproofs of instruction are the way of life. To the law and to the testimony, if they speak not according to this word, it's because there is no light in them. The sun be no more thy light by day, neither, neither for brightness shall the moon give, give light unto thee. But Yahuwah shall be unto, unto thee an everlasting light, and thy Elohim thy glory. Thy sun shall no more go down, neither shall thy moon withdraw itself. For Yahuwah shall be thy everlasting light, and the days of thy morning shall be ended. Hallelujah. Okay, so we see that the spiritual light speaks to the word of Elohim. Amen. Now, just like I said, you have physical darkness and you have the spiritual darkness. You have this physical light and you have this um, uh, spiritual light. Now, I want to pose a question. Which one do you think is most important? The physical or the spiritual? The spiritual, absolutely, because the spiritual is eternal. Whereas the physical is only temporal. I know it seems as though it's, it's forever, but it's not. It's going to have an end, whereas the spiritual will be forever. Consider Revelations 21, 23 through 7. It says in the city, it's speaking of um, Zion, it's speaking of New Jerusalem, if you would. New Jerusalem, and it says, And the city had no need of the sun, neither of the moon, to shine in it. See, the sun and the moon is going to be done away with at, much, at some point. It says, For the glory of Elohim did lighten it, and the Lamb is the light thereof. Hallelujah. It goes on to say, And the nations of them which are saved shall walk in the light of it. And the kings of the earth do bring their glory and honor into it. And the gates of it shall not be shut at all by day, for there shall be no night there. Can you see there's no night there? That means there's no darkness there. So you see the darkness will be done away with. So what's left? The light. We win. Hallelujah. It goes on in verse 26 and says, And they shall bring the glory and honor of the nations into it, and there shall be and there shall in no wise enter into it anything that defileth, neither whatsoever work of abomination or maker for lie. For all my liars, y'all know who y'all gonna be. But they which are written in the Lamb's book of life. Hallelujah. Yes, yes. And this is why, this is why the Feast of Trumpets and the Day of Atonement is so important. Because it gives you an opportunity to get or remain in the last book of life. You know, it gives you a last, last ditch opportunity to make things right before the judgment comes. You know, so you see the lightning's children win in the end of this war, but the darkness is a formidable foe. So many people think and take the enemy as a joke. I assure you, he's no joke. He is a formidable foe. You know, they make songs about kicking his butt. You know, but none of them are really kicking his butt. 
Selah. Psalms 82 verse 5 it says they know not neither will they understand they walk on in darkness all the foundations of the earth are out of course so you see the darkness is likened unto them that don't understand and walk in, in darkness they don't know and neither do they understand they're ignorant can you see that yeah. also Hosea 4 6 says my people are destroyed my people he's talking about Yah's people my people are destroyed for lack of knowledge which is ignorance that's the very definition of ignorance which symbolizes spiritually as darkness my people are destroyed for the darkness because of the night why because thou has rejected knowledge. And there's so many people who reject knowledge because of how it sounds to them. There's so many people, as I heard someone say, that want to, they want to rule and reign in the land. But we supposed to have a king of kings who's supposed to reign in this land. You know, and notice where I'm pointing when I say this land. Hello, all ye lands. You know, we're nothing but the dust of the earth. And one day we're going to go back to the being the dust of the earth. So you better be trying to be father from above and become some type of spiritual being. Otherwise, you won't be. Amen. You know, so my people are destroyed for lack of knowledge because thou hast rejected knowledge. I will also reject thee, that thou shalt be no priest to me, seeing that thou hast forgotten, forgotten the Torah of thy Elohim, the law of thy Elohim. I will also forget thy child. That's pretty heavy right there, right? That's pretty heavy. Take note that Yah has no more deem in the winter. Why do you think he has no more deem in the winter? Absolutely, because it is the night of the year. The year is just a macrocosm of the day. The day is a microcosm of the year. Just like you have four parts to a day, you have four parts to a year. Within a day, you have the dawn, you have the day, you have the evening, and then you have the night. Within the year, you have the vernal equinox, you have the winter so the summer solstice, you have the autumnal equinox, and you have the winter solstice. The exact same thing. The exact same thing. So what do we do during the night of the day? We sleep. We take rest. So what do you think it is that we should be doing during the winter? Resting. Absolutely. Consider 1 Corinthians 16, 5 and 6. It says, Now I will come unto you when I shall... Um, I will come unto you when I shall pass through Macedonia, for I do pass through Macedonia 
and it may be that I will abide, yea, and winter with you, that ye may bring me on my journey whithersoever I go. Now this is Apostle Paul, and he's saying that he's going to come through Macedonia, you know, so that he can stay there and winter with them. See, winter was synonymous with abiding or staying put. Because no one traveled in the winter. It was the rainy season. It made travel next to impossible. So no one did it. You know, wherever they were when the winter began, they stayed until the winter was over. You know? Consider first, uh, I'm sorry, Titus 3.12. It says, When I shall send Artemis unto thee, or Tychius, be diligent to come unto me, Nicopolis, for I have determined there to winter. Again, he's talking about staying there for the winter. See, this is something that's foreign to us today because we have, you know, such superb modes of transportation that, you know, rain don't bother us. We get in our, our cars or our trucks, you know, or on our planes or our trains, and we go wherever we like. You know, and the weather is not a hindrance to us. But it's not so in biblical times. And when we're studying scripture, we have to put ourselves in the context of those biblical times. Amen? Amen. Alright? So now, Acts 27, um, 12 says, And because the haven was not commodious to winter in, the more part advised to depart this also, if by means they might attain to finish and there to winter which is in haven of Crete and lie up toward the southwest and northwest. So they were talking about, you know, hey, where they were, it wasn't very accommodating, okay? You know, so they were saying, like, let's get up out of here. Let's try to make it over here to finish, you know, and winter there because, you know, it'd be much more accommodating. Again, wherever you were when the winter began is where you stay put. See, but... We're far from that now today, but we have to go back to that, spiritually speaking, if we're going to align with the word of Elohim. Amen? Amen. You know, otherwise we're going to miss a very important lesson. You know, this is why in Mark 13, 18, Yahshua would teach his disciples, he would say, And pray ye that your flight be not in the winter. Because nobody should be traveling through the winter. Because it's super dangerous and you're going to probably die. You know, so he says, pray ye that your flight be not in the winter. Because you're supposed to be wintering somewhere. Staying put. Abiding. Residing. Until the winter is over. Amen? Amen. You know, so hereby we learn that winter was a time when y'all's people stayed put. It is the night of the year. It is also a time of rest. That is when the least amount of work was done. So you shouldn't be having no, no big plans of what you're about to do through the winter. Because all the spiritual forces are against you. You don't have Yah backing you. See, in a lot of a lot of so-called believers don't understand this concept. They do whatever, whenever, thinking that Yah has them. But He doesn't. 
because he's an L of light and in him there is no darkness you know so and if he was in the darkness the darkness wouldn't be here because darkness flee from the light you know so understand these things now peoples of the world were agricultural we're not so much agricultural today but we have to once again become agricultural in a spiritual sense if we're to understand the principles and concepts that scripture lays out for us because if we don't we're going to be lost you know because they're taught to a very basic people who were agricultural now you already done learned we have land we have land what you think we supposed to do with it just just step on it we got to till the land we got to work this land and if we don't work this land we're not going to have an harvest and if we don't have an harvest we're not going to make it through the years to come because we're going to starve amen spiritually speaking spiritually speaking in this land we don't have a Kroger's we don't have a Farmer Jack we don't have a Costco's in this land there's no Sam's Club up in here what you don't plant in, in harvest you don't get and so many of God's people are starving to death the peoples of the word were agricultural they were always sowing the land with seed. When's the last time you sowed some seed in your land? That they might reap a harvest and would then live off said harvest by preserving some of it and storing it up for the winter. And we're to do likewise. We have to sow some seed in this land. And when we see that seed begin to sprout forth, we got to water it. And we got to make certain we put it in a place that it can get some light. We got to do everything they had to do physically. We got to do it spiritually with our land. If we want it to bring forth. Say lie. Lastly, when is the time that we need extra light? due to the daytime being so short it gets it's going to start getting dark around five o'clock you know so that's half the day is, is going to be in darkness and all the night going to be in darkness three quarters of the day is going to be in darkness so we're going to need some extra light amen where are we going to get this extra light from absolutely the word of Elohim you know that's the place we get our light when the Sun is absent you know that's our lamp you know you know when you're in the dark you know like we don't worry about these type things today when you're in the dark we just go flip the switch you don't have no switch in this land they didn't use switches back then they had lanterns they had torches. That was their source of light. Fire. 
Why you think Yah says I'm a consuming what? Fire. That's why he's light. You can't find no darkness in the fire. <laughs> so where are we going to get this extra light when the sun is absent? We already gave the answer, but John 8.12 Then spake Yahshua again saying unto them, I am the light of the world. He that followeth me shall not walk in darkness, but shall have the light of life. See, that's the kind of extra light we need up in here. We need that light of life so that the stuff that we planted can grow. Amen? Amen. Also, Yochanan 1, 4, and 5, In him was life, and the life was the light of men. And the light shineth in the darkness, and the darkness comprehended it not. Why? Because the darkness is ignorant. That's why a lot of times, like when, when Yahshua was speaking, he said, you know, I'm telling you plainly, but you don't you, you don't understand my speech even because you're, you're not of my father, you're of your father the devil. That's why some of y'all don't understand what I be saying. You know, the darkness will blind you. Yahushua is a.k.a. also known as the word of Elohim. Yeah. Revelation 19, 11 through 13, and I saw heaven open. And behold, a white horse, and he that sat upon him was called faithful and true, and in righteousness he doeth judge and make war. His eyes were as a flame of fire, and on his bed were many crowns. And he had a name written that no man knew but he himself. And he was clothed with a vesture dipped in blood, and his name is called the Word of Elohim. Yeah. Hallelujah. Yeah. If you not putting no light, in the land, in the firmament of the land, then nothing can grow. We talking spiritually. Yeah, you get a bunch of physical life. You go take your vacation, lay out on the beach, you know, and get your tan and, you know, and soak up the sun. But this land on the inside, it's dark. Nothing growing but weeds. Bunch of tears. You got to put some light in there. Yochanan 1, 1 through 3. In the beginning was the Word. The Word was with Elohim. And the Word was Elohim. See, it bears witness. The same was in the beginning with Elohim. All things were made by Him. And without Him was not anything made that was made. So when you find yourselves in darkness. And in need of some extra light. Just turn to the light of life. That is the word of Elohim. Make certain that you put in some light in your firmament. Say, well, but what of wartime? Is there ever a time to do battle? And if so, when? I'm glad you asked. We're going to go to Ecclesiastes chapter 3 to answer it. I'm going to go through verses 1 through 8. It says, to everything, there is a season. To everything, there is a season and a time to every purpose under the heaven. A time to be born. You're born into darkness. And a time to die. 
If you do things right, you die in the life. Did you catch that? You're born into darkness, but if you do things correctly, you will die in the light. There's a time to plant. The time for planting is in the evenings. It's in the evening and the morning. That's the time to plant. The evening and the morning of the year, I should say. I'm sorry. The, e the evening of the year is like right now. Fall. The morning of the year is spring. Those are your times when you plant. There's a time to plant and there's a time to pluck up that which is planted. You pluck up in the spring and in the summer and in the early fall when there's still light. That's when you pluck up. This is why all our first fruit festivals are during that time. There's a time to kill and a time to heal. So if you are slaying spirits, I advise you to do it in the light when you got some spiritual backing. Amen? And there's a time to heal from those battles. And that's throughout the winter. It's a time to break down. You break down stuff in the night because you don't really need to see to tear something up. And there's a time to build. But to build takes skill. You need to see what you're doing. So you're going to need some light. Amen? A time to weep. Most of the time we're weeping just simply because we're ignorant to what's going on. You know, here it is. You have somebody going to live a hundred years and you crying because they're gone. They rejoicing. You crying, they rejoicing. You know, because they understand you gone. It's a time to laugh. Once you understand some things, you can laugh at some things that don't seem funny. But it's because of the understanding that you receive from the light that help you understand. There's a time to mourn. Again, a lot of times we mourn because we're just ignorant as to what's going to transpire. And a time to dance. When you understand, you know, you can do a little dance. Like when I seen my mother pass. You know, before she passed, I watched her suffer. I watched her suffer. I was mourning. I was weeping. But when she passed, I understood. I danced. I laughed. Because I understood where she was. Because I knew who she was and who she was. There's a time to cast away stones and a time to gather stones together. You cast them away in the dark. If you're confused and you're not sure of a stone, just get rid of it. When you have understanding and you can see what you're doing, you can gather good stones. There's a time to embrace and a time to refrain from embracing. If you know what's what, who's who, and how to, then it's, that could be a good time to embrace. If you're ignorant, then that's a time to refrain from embracing. If you're in the dark about the situation, 
then don't embrace it. Don't embrace it. Stay away from it. It's a time to get and a time to lose. You get when you have understanding, when you have wisdom, when you have knowledge, when you have light. That's the time to get. When you're in the dark, that's the time to lose. That's the time to let things go. Just let it go. Because you're ignorant to it. There's a time to keep and a time to cast away. Again, if you have understanding, if you have light, then you'll know whether or not to keep. But if you're ignorant, it's best to just cast it away. Why take the chance? It's a time to win and a time to sow. You know, if you're ignorant, don't win. If you have the wisdom, understanding, and knowledge, okay, you may see and understand it's time to sow. It's a time to keep silence. Yeah, like that. You know. <laughs> yes, there's a time to keep silence. Sometimes we need to just shh. You know, and there's a time to speak. When you ignorant and you know you don't know, don't say nothing. Now when you know you understand, you know you have wisdom, you know you have knowledge concerning something, you know you can be of aid then you can be a light. It's a time to love. Now you can love in the darkness. Love everybody. Give them all the benefit of the doubt. But there's also a time to hate when you understand who's who and what's what. Hallelujah. There's a time of war and a time of peace. Both of these are in the evening or the morning. The morning is the time of war, and the evening of the, the morning of the year, I should say, is the time of war, and the evening of the year is the time of peace. Why is the why is the evening the time of peace? Even because the night is coming, because the winter is coming. You know, so. No one's going to be fighting a war when they can't even travel. You can't maneuver. You can't move. That's not the time to be having war. That's the time to make peace. I'll see you next year. Amen. You know, the time of war is in the morning of the year. That is in the springtime. Consider 2 Samuel 11, 1. It says, and it came to pass after the year was expired. At the end of the year, at the time when kings go forth to battle. That's in the springtime after the year is over. When the new year is starting. And so we see it says that David sent Joab and his servants with him. And all Israel and they destroyed the children of Ammon and deceived Rabbah. And, but David tarried still at Jerusalem. Then we have a second witness of the same account in 1 Chronicles 21 and 2. Saying it came to pass that after the year was expired, at the time that kings go out to battle, Joab led forth the power of the army and wasted the country of the children of Ammon and came and besieged Rabbah. But David tarried at Jerusalem and Joab 
smote robber and destroyed it. And David took the crown of the king from off his head and found it to weigh a talent of gold. And there was there were precious stones in it, and it was set upon that David's head, and he brought also exceeding much spoil out of the city. Then we have first Kings twenty, twenty-one and twenty-two. It says that the king of Israel went out and smote the horses and chariots and slew the Syrians with a great slaughter. And the prophet came to the king of Israel and said unto him, Go strengthen thyself, and mark and see what thou doest. For at the return of the year, the king of Syria will come up against thee. <coughs> see, this is the time, scripturally speaking, they did war. It was in the spring. It was in the morning of the year. Can you see that? You know, so, if you plan on going to war, or going into a battle, plan it according to the light. Because in the spring, that's when the light began to increase. So you have spiritual backup. Say that. Now Yahshua said, in Yochanan 9.4, he said, I must work the works of him that sent me while it is day. The night comes when no man can work. There's a lot of people today who want to work the midnight shift. There's a lot of folks today who want to work the midnight shift. They used to call the midnight shift the graveyard shift. That is not a coincidence, I assure you. If you're going to be a child of the light, you don't have no business working throughout the night. Yahshua didn't do it. And he says that he is, can't do it. So if you're doing it, what they tell you? Say it loud. I must work the works of him that sent me while it is day. The night comes when no man can work. Yahushua already told us he was the light of the world, did he not? Therefore, when he came to the earth at the end of the age of Taurus, and the beginning of the age of Pisces, even at the start of the day, I want you to think about this for a minute. Because he told us he was the light of the world. And he came at the morning portion of a season. The morning portion of an age. It was the age of Tor um, Pisces. It was coming out of the age of Taurus into the age of Pisces. When Yahshua stepped on the scene, that day began. The age of Pisces began. Everybody with me? Okay. Now, how long did the day portion of that age or that day last? Well, if we consider 2 Peter 3, 8, we can find out. He says, but beloved, be not ignorant, be not in darkness of this one thing. That one day is with Yahuwah as a thousand years and a thousand years as one day. So if we take this at face value, then that means 
the day portion of the day that Yahushua started was over in approximately 500 years. Because half of a thousand is what? 500. Everybody with me? Easy math, right? From this reckoning of time, we can conclude that Yahushua's day ended its night portion and began, it ended its day, um, the day ended and its night portion began around 500 AD because we know that a thousand years is as a day, right? So, if the clock started when Yahshua came, then about 500 AD or after his death, that's right around that time is when the night was would have began. And I say right around because we don't know the exact numbers. So we just know approximately, right? Now, did anything significantly significantly dark happen around 500 AD? Yes, it did. The papacy came into power around this time and continued until around the 15th century when the Protestant reform began. Now, follow this. Follow this, walk with me. The 500 years from 1K or 1000 to the 15th century marks the day portion of what we'll call Yahushua's day. Therefore, the night portion of the second day takes us somewhere near the 2K. So, after the 500 years of the day portion, the first part, we also have 500 years of night, right? And if you look at history, for that first 500 years, this is when the church was building up. This is where you, when you saw the miracle signs and wonders. This is when, you know, um, you know, everyone was coming into Christianity. So much so that the Romans, they couldn't beat them, so they decided to join them. You know, and corrupt them from the inside out. Right? Okay. So this went on for up to 500 years. Now after about the 500 year mark, everything went left. You know, now, this would be the night portion of that day, from 500 to 1,000 years. That's the second 500 years of the day that Yahshua started. Now, so that means uh, right around the year 1000 was the end of that day that Yahshua started. Now, the next day would have begun at like 501 years. You know, we're just using this for the sake of round numbers to make it easy to follow. So from 501 years to year 1500, that would constitute the light of the second day or the morning or day portion of the second day. Everybody still with me? Mm -hmm. So from the 1500 to 2000 would be the night portion of that second day. Everybody with me? Okay, you know, so that brings us up to a, right around the year 2000. This means that a new day began somewhere around the year 2000. Now, did anything enlightening happen around the year 2000? Yes, it did. In the mid to late 90s, the Dead Sea Scrolls were released to the public. 
which is how we obtained the original calendar the Zadokite priest of the temple utilized. You know, but wait, there's more. We are also at the beginning of a new age, even the age of Aquarius. That is the water bearer. And I don't think it's by happenstance, you know, that, you know, many of us sing that the Big Dipper was right over our tent, all through Tabernacles. And according to one report I heard, someone looked it up on Stellarium and they seen that it was actually just doing this all through that day. All through those, um, those couple, uh, couple days, it was just turning around like it was just dipping water and dumping it, dipping water and dumping it. And it was directly over our tent. You know, I don't know. Some people may call that coincidence. Some people may call it happenstance. I call it yeah. That's what I call it. You know, you can call it whatever you like, but I'm gonna call it whatever I like. I choose to call it yeah. You know, you have to understand. At the beginning of the age of Taurus, there was Moses and the Israelites. At the beginning of the age of Pisces, there was Yahshua and his apostles. And here and now, at the beginning of the age of Aquarius, there's BYA. You know, so, I want y'all to understand that we living at a very special time. We living at a very special time. You know, we doing things that haven't been done and two millennia. Don't think that the enemy is taking this land down. Please don't. Because this means war. There's a battle going on, BYA. Keep your eyes open and your sword shot. 